Hello everyone, this is Sarah Gluck with another episode of Canica Bits, brought to you by the America-Israel Cannabis Association. Today we're talking about how to get a job in this industry, and how to hire in this industry. This industry is probably the fastest growing uh, market in the United States. I'm joined today by Brian Passman, who has owned a number of cannabis recruiting firms. Brian, what's going on? What's going on, Sarah? Thanks for having me. Nice to uh, be here with you. Uh, lots going on. We're in a dynamic growing industry. There's so much going on. I'm excited to be here to talk to you about it a little bit. Yeah, now, now before we get into the nitty gritty, into the weeds, so to speak, um, I would love to hear your your cannabis story, right? Everyone in this industry has their story. And what's yours? Definitely. Uh, <clears throat> so my cannabis story goes back some time. I've had a personal, uh, what I like to call a relationship with the plant since uh, probably around 1990. Uh, so kind of a had, had a challenging childhood and my teen years chose cannabis as a medicine to help me through some some of those difficult times as a teen and just carried that on through uh today and uh married a woman uh jessica my business partner as well who's a vegan organic plant loving uh person very much into alternative medicine so kind of the whole cannabis story for our family uh ties her in as well we kind of joke she's our family uh physician because of her very intricate vitamin mineral essential oil concoctions that keep us all healthy or cure us when we're ill uh so we're you know a plant loving family all together here Great. So what, what gave you the idea to get into cannabis recruiting? Do you, do you have a background sure. in uh, executive recruiting? So, yes, I've been uh, an executive recruiter since uh, 2000. Uh, I spent my first uh, 15 years in recruitment for med tech and pharmaceutical companies uh, globally, fulfilling a lot of technical roles and quality and regulatory compliance and operations, and then moved into about two and a half years in consumer packaged goods, uh, food and adult beverage uh, recruitment before we launched our uh, cannabis search firm in 2017. So there's a little bit of backstory there and in about, from sometime late 2013 into 2014, we, we hear being my wife and I invested some time into working with some local partners on setting ourselves up to pursue a Florida operator's license and advocates here in Florida were able to get a medical marijuana uh, constitutional amendment on the November 2014 ballot. But um, we, we, we just missed, we were short about two and a half percent on the votes needed to pass. So um, what we did was pivot to develop a business plan for uh, cannabis industry specific job board that would also offer our recruiting experience to cannabis companies that were utilizing it. 
Uh, so put together a plan based on some profit projections. We scrapped it because the time to see a return on investment was pretty lengthy. And my wife was working without a paycheck as a partner in her startup at that time. We had one small child, one newborn, four mouths to feed at home and no income was a little bit too daunting. So we were very reluctantly hit the pause button on that. And then in early 2015 was when I joined a big search firm and consumer packaged goods and a uh, client facing role. And then of course, in Florida, we had amendment two, thankfully uh, passed It established a medical marijuana program in Florida for patients in need in, in 2016 with a popular vote of just over what we needed. And so just through our continued contacts with those in the industry, we decided uh, shortly after that, that we would launch a business in the space that would serve what was at that time definitely an unmet need, which was providing professionalized executive recruitment services to cannabis companies who were already going through an evolution and seeking elevated levels of leadership talent from more established industries. And so we went ahead at, in 2017 and launched the gig or the grass is greener global to serve that need. Great. And as, as I understand, you have another firm as well that you use. Right. So we um, had, we were fortunate to uh, do a lot of good work uh, with some uh, very credible companies in the space who appreciated our approach and the results that we delivered. Uh, but there was there were some misconceptions uh, about our level of professionalism because of our name. The gig was a little too too kitschy, too fun for um, some board members who were used to hearing you know some of the other older search firm names. So what we did was was launch a new brand recently, which is uh, named Hunter and Esquire, and that's a nod to myself as a career hunter and. My wife has a lawyer and, uh, and, and we still operate the gig. So we're, we've built a, a team of staffing professionals who will operate the gig to serve uh, other industry hiring needs, whereas Hunter Esquire will focus on the retained executive search needs of companies out there. So what we've become now is more of a, uh, a whole talent solutions provider with these two sister companies. Amazing. Now, you know, you've been in this for a, a little while now, since 2017, you know, launching the gig. Uh, it's 2019 right now. Has a lot changed? In, in my personal experience, yes. Uh, I, the past two years have think given us uh, tremendous amounts of change. This is an industry that changes uh, every day uh, for the better, in my opinion. Uh, I think some of the changes that are most noticeable to us from our vantage are the hiring approaches of some, some of these companies. We're, we're seeing uh, what is thankfully a pretty rapid evolution of, of companies who are moving from the friends and family hiring approach or just the best uh, applicant is the best hire approach to taking a more uh, purposeful approach to partnering on bringing in talent to help these uh, you know organizations uh, get to those next levels of growth and next levels of uh, professionalizing and standardizing. So, which you know, of course, is 
only going to help that momentum towards uh, where we all want to be with broader legalization for those uh, in need. Right. Absolutely. We know that talent is, is one of the most important things when it comes to driving a business. Um, and the more sophisticated the hiring process, uh, the more checks and balances, the more due diligence you have to make sure that you're hiring the right person. Now, you know, you mentioned that uh, companies have evolved uh, from hiring their friends and families to, you know, a more sophisticated approach. You know, what other advice, you know, can you give uh, these companies that are, are, are desperately seeking talent? Sure. And there's, you know, there's a lot of reporting on all of the hiring in the space. And we have some clients that are looking at hiring upwards of 500 people before uh, year end 2019. And that's exciting. And, and but what's not reported on uh, really is the growing pains that come from that. There's there, you know, cannabis company hiring authorities, be it a head of HR talent or you know, your, your VP of marketing or COO, they're, they're all overloaded with challenges and responsibilities. And in many cases, they're in the dark on how to facilitate their very exciting levels of hiring in a professional and successful and repeatable way. And you, you, so you have, I think some of the watchouts are, you know, CEOs who are signing themselves and their executive peers up to be full-time recruiters, uh, you know, owning and asking their peers to own the responsibility of tapping their networks uh, for talent, or even worse, spending time reviewing hundreds of job applicants rather than hiring internal talent to get it done or partnering with a third party specialist. Uh, I think there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of um, still disconnect on compensation. That's one of the things that have not been standardized in our industry yet is compensation. And, and that goes both ways. There's companies who are paying, uh, certainly, uh, you know, on the low side for talent, but also paying too much and without the proper vetting uh, for industry role and culture fit. So what you do end up with is these, these incredibly high rates of turnover and these revolving door uh, scenarios because there's just not the time put into it in some cases. And then, you know, I think... Uh, Third is, is the, the lack of empathy for candidates or even full-time employee hires. Uh, everyone's running hard and, and, and forgets that they're, they're dealing with, with human people, whether it's the candidate or the new hire. And you know, there needs to be a level of empathy because uh, whether you're interviewing or just starting a new role in this space, it's, it's stressful, there's anxiety, and it's challenging as we all know. And so just the lack of empathy a lot of the big players in the space still exist, which leads to employee happiness and even more turnover. Right. I, I completely agree with you. And I don't think the, the lack of empathy completely uh, solely applies to cannabis. Um, I applied to other industries and I would get a rejection letter like six months later. It's like, thanks. I completely forgot I applied to you, but thanks for the reminder that I suck. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and, and we want to, you know, we want to do better than that. There's a lot of focus in, in our industry on what we aspire to be and, 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 and what we desire to be viewed as, um, as an industry whole, which is a, 
a legitimate and professional um, space. So yeah, those things will exist because to your point, they exist in established industries, but we have an opportunity here as a startup industry to set some, some newer boundaries and set a different tone and culture of the industry overall. But that's gonna you know, take a concerted effort and more purposeful actions uh, by um, you know, the larger group towards you know, treating those human capital assets you know, in a way that uh, they should be. So, you know, it all begins with the people and we have a chance to create a very people-centric uh, industry here. All right, so let's, let's talk about people then. So let's say I'm a person that wants to get into the industry. How do I go about doing that successfully instead of driving for Uber for a year like I did? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like your story, by the way. Uh, yeah, I think that, that, well, there's a lot of things that people can do. I, uh, I think it first starts with the why. Really, uh, people that uh, think they wanna get into the industry should really ask themselves why. Uh, that's, that's a question that they should be prepared to answer through the interview process. And equally as importantly is to be able to answer it to themselves because there's 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 you know, copious amounts of passion and grit um, required to thrive at a high level in this industry, and there are some misconceptions or maybe just lack of clarity with some people who want to enter the space around what it's like and what's required to thrive at a high level in this industry. So starting with answering the why, and um, and then thinking about how to set yourself apart from the pack of applicants, because we can all agree it's not difficult to receive a lot of interest when you post uh, a job in this space. You can receive hundreds of applicants in a day sometimes. Uh, so how to set yourself apart from the pack of those applicants. Uh, there's a lot of things to do, such as educating yourself on the industry that can come through just, just you know, consuming everything you can online, um, staying current with it, uh, networking in the industry. There, there are plenty of events and it doesn't have to be the, the the big expensive events there are plenty of local uh, events chapters and cities around the country where you can uh, attend with other industry folks and network with them uh think that people should think about how to create specific messaging around their uh decision to pursue entry to the cannabis space in order to get the attention of some of those decision makers and um, also identify what, what skills and, and past experiences professionally they have that they feel can add value uh, to this industry and you know, which ones are uh, transferable because it's not always evident to that person who only has five seconds to read each resume because they're reading 10,000 resumes uh, that week. So sometimes a uh, very concise and personable introduction uh, can go a long way in helping that person uh, see where the fit might be rather than, you know, quickly trying to scan a resume top to bottom in five seconds and make the decision for you. So, you know, I think uh, lastly, is just preparing themselves for a Mount Everest kind of climb to success. Prepare to work harder than you have before and fail more times than you have before and do more grunt work than you have before, but also to perform more rewarding work than you have before. Absolutely. It's, it's a thousand percent worth it in the end. Um, you know, all, all the advice about 
networking and education that is extremely important. It's very actionable, very easy to do. There are very low barriers of entry to educating yourself, to networking. Uh, and these are really the things that, that you need to do um, if you want to succeed in this industry. So Brian, thank you so much for those uh, bits or uh, tidbits on Kanika bits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> advice. Now, now, lastly, this is the America Israel Cannabis Association's podcast, right? So we have to talk about Israel. Definitely, right? we have to. So, what what's your connection to to the country or, or the people? Uh, sadly, I can't say that I've been to Israel uh, just yet. It's a 2020 plan for our family. Uh, my wife and I are Jewish. We're raising our two sons Jewish. They uh, actually attend a Jewish day school here in Miami. Uh, um, to be clear, we're, we're Reformed Jews. Um, Me too. Yes, it's we're still Jews. Yes. <laughs> well, next year we uh, need to get you going on our road trip um, in which we went all over Israel, three days. It was a mix of cannabis, tourism and cultural experiences it sounds amazing uh we'll, we'll be happy to be a part of that that's that's that is a uh, a bucket list goal for us 2020 for sure um yeah so for us having a strong jewish foundation and and, and pride is very important to us as a family and you know, it's one of the main reasons we still love living in miami and our kids uh, go to this great school. It's an incredible uh, Jewish community that uh, we get to live in here um, and have our kids participate in, uh, which we feel fortunate uh, for. Now, do you, do you think that the advice that uh, you mentioned about companies and individuals trying to get a job can apply to anywhere in the world? I do. Uh, I. I well, because what we have is this industry growing at a meteoric uh, rate uh, anywhere that it exists in the world right now, legalized cannabis, that is. Uh, and it's it, it's still in a startup um, mode anywhere you look, even in Uruguay. So what you have is, in, in my understanding, an opportunity, regardless of geography, to as a cannabis company or cannabis job seeker to deal with these challenges because you're going to have, you're always going to have uh, uh, an abundance regardless of geography of talent that wants into the space and, you know, a certain supply of opportunities because we've still got so much room to grow. Right. And, you know, Israel especially has room to grow now. Um, you know, they should be exporting by the end of the year. Um, they just uh, signed in, well, it was just an acted that uh, cannabis is decriminalized. So I I wouldn't uh, be surprised if more startups and cannabis companies were to pop up in Israel. I would agree with you on that. Um, We've we've had an opportunity to get some minimal exposure to the industry in Israel through performing um, some diligence for some of our US clients. Uh, We've not had an opportunity to perform any searches for Israeli cannabis companies, though we look forward to it. Uh, to date, it's been more of uh, vetting executives of companies over there for clients here in the U.S. who are considering partnerships, and it's been impressive. 
say the least, to experience firsthand the very deep levels of expertise already um, over there, and uh, certainly the passion and respect for the plant and, and the professionalism that exists in the industry in Israel already at this time. Absolutely. Well, I can't wait for the day that you were recruiting for Israeli uh, cannabis companies. Brian, where can we find you on the internet? You can find us at www.thegig.com. That's T-H-E-G-I-G-G.com. Also at www.hunteresquire.com. Wonderful. Everyone, check Brian out if you're looking for a job, if you're recruiting. Uh, Brian, thank you so much. Once again, this is Sarah with Canica Bits, brought to you by the America-Israel Cannabis Association. Until next time, see ya. Thank you.